The reality is is now on Patreon, and here are some of our fabulous supporters. Chastity Davis. Don't be fooled by my name. The only thing I abstain from is your bullshit. Jessica Riley. Where I come from, money can buy you anything, but I'll take the garbage plate. Seiran Hayati. In Sweden, we have ABBA, IKEA, and if you mess with me, some other four-letter words. Kelly Payfer. I may be from Down Under, but don't ever underestimate me. Richie D. If you can't be cool, you can't be with Caduce. Megan Shaw. I may be a mom. Model, but I'll never be your model minority. Becca Simon. It gets icy where I'm from, so you know I'll bring the heat. Jill Hirsch. Your petty drama can't take this warrior down. Jamie Allrunner. Where I come from, we're known for our great lakes, but I'm just known for my great ass. Sarah Gibbs. You may not like the cut of my jib, but that's what you get from Sarah Gibbs. Maria M. Where I'm from, they sing God Save the Queen, so I guess you can call me a god. Jill Walsh. I made it up this hill myself, and I'll kick any jack off. Jesse Willis. I may not run in traffic, but I'll give you a run for your money. Eleanor Manning. I run with a fabulous circle of people, and you're not even on my payroll. John Friedman. Diamonds aren't a girl's best friend. John Friedman is. Sarah Watkins Bilstein. Playtime is over. This mama means business. Laura Zielinski. Whether it's breast pumping or fist pumping, this Jersey girl brings the party. Amanda Agosti. Everything is bigger in Texas and my heart is no exception. Tracy Masters. When you're the master of your own destiny, no one can ever take you down. Marl Farsi. Reading is fundamental and in Farsi, the reads are monumental. Tracy Newman. My presence is a gift, so remember the thank you note. Lola Del Rio. Whatever Lola wants, Lola gets and I get it all. Adade Adidoko. It may look like I'm stirring the pot, but I'm actually just smoking. Deepa Kanapoli. Some people say I have secrets, but at least they're not federal indictments. Jada. People are intimidated by my great success and my great ass. Naveen Jonathan. I'll give you the shirt off my back and also my unsolicited opinion. Adil Ibrahim. Some things are too hot to handle, like me and the tea I spill. Trinity Subramaniam. I have four degrees and eight syllables and zero fucks to give. Beth Bayer. The secret to my success is staying out of your BS. Shannon Anthony. There's no fun in moderation, but there's plenty of shame. Rita Ryan. Don't be fooled by my Midwest charm, because I'm nobody's fool. Brianna Tony. Some people strive for perfection, but I'm already there. And lastly, Tanisha. While others are turning tables, I'm dancing on them. Welcome back to another episode of The Reality Is. I'm so excited to record. As always, it's newer. I am talking today about Rahasas of Beverly Hills and Rahasas of Salt Lake City. And you guys, I'm not going to lie to you. I was having my reservations about watching the shows and talking about it because I'm just, you know, I, if you, if you've subscribe to me on the Patreon, you'll know I'm not a big fan of true crime. I'm not a big fan of the true crime like obsession genre. You know, I love the Bravo docket uh, because they are actual lawyers and they just like state the facts. Um, But I don't love this trend that happens right now where people become, you know, like at-home detectives. You know, it's like we watch – you watched a true crime documentary and now you think that you know everything. Um, but anyway, that is to say, I just don't like I don't like the the idea that everybody watches a little bit of something and then suddenly thinks that they know all the facts and then then they start to like 
you know, talk about it and obsess over it. And I feel like sometimes that can muddle reality TV for me, you know, and it's kind of the thing that irritates me about Erica, right? Like I listen to the Bravo docket, so I understand why Erica is in the wrong and why this is all so fucked up that she goes on TV every year or every week and tries to act like she is this big like victim. Um, I also listen to the Bravo docket and, and I have eyes and ears and I understand why Jen Shah um, coming on TV and flashing her diamonds and acting like she is an innocent is so problematic. I mean, both of those things are problematic because the United States uh, prison industrial complex makes money off of people being wrongfully imprisoned, wrongfully accused, and serving times that they should never be serving. And we know that people who commit white-collar crimes, uh, specifically wealthy people, get a slap on the wrist, get to pay a fine, and move on in their lives. You know, there's just a the way that we view crime and the way that we um, the way that the criminal justice system works is not necessarily. It's just, it's not, uh, it's not necessarily, it isn't, uh, it isn't good. It's not fair. And it's, uh, sitting on a system of white supremacy and classism and all that stuff. So all that to say that sometimes when I'm watching criminals behave poorly on television and still get a platform and still get the opportunity to tell their side of the story, um, it grinds my gear because there's a lot of people who are actually innocent who don't get to do that, right? So I was having hesitations about watching Salt Lake City, and I was irritated about watching Beverly Hills because I just knew that it was going to be a Rinna-focused um, episode and Rinna just being terrible. But I have to say both of these episodes were delightful. They were delightful. And I, I'm just going to jump right in. Uh, I'll talk about Beverly Hills first. We'll take a little break and then we'll talk about Salt Lake City. So let's jump right in. So uh, in Beverly Hills, the there's like a previously of like all of, you know, the ladies talking quietly about what's going on with what happened with Kathy and Rinna suddenly leaving the party. And it, it reminded me of something that I didn't mention last week, which I will probably mention a hundred times this week, which is that... Why are Erica and Rinna the like, we're going to talk about it, you better believe we're going to talk about it crew, suddenly not able to talk about it with Kathy? Like, I think what is wild is that at Crystal's house, Rinna leaves the party because she is so triggered she doesn't want to talk to Kathy about what she did, right? Then you have Erica sitting in a separate room talking to everybody else about what Kathy did, but Kathy's in the next room go have balls and go and talk to Kathy about what she did if you really think it's so bad. I mean, in the words of Diana, bok, bok, chicken, bok, bok, okay? Like, you guys are all acting like chickens, okay? Suddenly, you're not big and bad. Suddenly, all of that telling Crystal, don't be cryptic, say the whole thing thing is out the window. It's just such bullshit. But this episode starts with Dorit getting a phone call with Kyle and her Halloween bangs uh, from Georgia, which is three hours away, Dorit. I'm three hours behind you. Not three hours away. You guys know what I'm saying. It just cracked me up when Kyle had to tell Dorit that, like, I think Dorit 
knows about time zones because actually Dorit is from the East Coast. <laughs> I don't know. He cracked me up. Anyway, Dorit fills Kyle in on everything that happened at Crystal's birthday and Rena leaving because of all of her Kathy-induced trauma. And Kyle says that the majority of the things that were said were about Kyle. And that is what Rena sort of told her. But she also tells us that she doesn't know exactly what Rena said because Rena is trying to spare. I'm sorry. She doesn't know exactly what Kathy said because Rena is trying to spare Kathy's. Guys, there's too many people. I'm going to try that again. Kyle doesn't know exactly what was said about her because Rena is trying to spare Kyle's feelings because Kathy said much worse things. Okay, there we go. We did it. We did it, Joe. Um, and again, I got to ask again, why are we being so cryptic here, guys? If you don't say the whole thing, it allows people to blow things up in their minds. I mean, I remember just a couple of weeks ago, although it could have been months, these women had been on my TV for so long. You guys were yelling and screaming at Crystal for saying it. What is it? What do you mean by dark? What do you mean by dark? What could that mean? Is she going to get canceled? What is it? We have to say it, right? No. These women are ridiculous. Um, Erica is at home. She's having a call with her therapist, Jennifer Mann, who I know from television because I watched Couples Therapy on VH1. Um, I think she was also on her houses of New Jersey once. It's just so funny that like, it's funny to be reminded of how long you've been watching reality TV when somebody like that comes up. And I'm like, I, I know you. Like, wasn't I just watching you last week? It's like, no, it's been it's been years. But she's in my head. I know her well. Um, and it's interesting because this therapy session, I felt like if Erica had had this call last season, I think people would have been softer on her than they are now. You know, I think that people also would be softer on her if she wasn't <laughs> appealing everything in court. But um, Erica is talking about mostly her relationship with Tom, her marriage, and it's so funny because she's like, Tom was a really good guy and he was so kind and he was so loving, but he could also be really fucking mean. And we get these shots of like the two times Tom was kind of nice to Erica. <laughs> and then we get all these times of of Tom being not nice to Erica and he used to do the standard, that like standard, excuse me, Erica, I'm speaking. Um which is like, okay, if he was being like that on camera, then you know that he was being much worse. But then also it's like if the best he can muster up is being like sitting across the table from you, not even holding your hand, not saying anything, telling you I'm proud of you while you Botox cry, that's the best he can do. I am not sure what this marriage really ever was. But I do understand why Erica is upset I just um, – I feel like she's upset because her life sucks. I don't think that it's necessarily because she thinks that she's uh, has a part to play in this. I think it's because she thinks that her life sucks, um, which it does. Her life does suck. But again, she's getting a platform and money to sit and cry on camera. Nobody pays me any money to sit and cry to my therapist. In fact, I have to pay somebody money for me to sit and cry to my therapist, okay? Uh, anyway, um. We then find out suddenly that, okay, there's, I'm like jumping ahead of my own words. Okay, Erica's having this like pop-up shop for her pretty mess hair. And it was so funny the way she was like even presenting it. She was like, you know, 
what if instead of gifting it to people, because I think what typically happens when you have like an opening is that you have to gift people some of the stuff that you're selling on your business, right? Like I'm sure when they went to Sutton's store opening, they got a bunch of free shit. And then they went to Kyle's store opening, they got a bunch of free shit. I think it's like basically what Erica is avoiding because she's like, what if instead we have a pop-up shop and their stylists can come and spend their money and buy the hair? <laughs> It's like, tell me you're broke without telling me you're broke. Um, But she has this party and there's press at the door and suddenly it becomes very clear how how the rumors continue to spread. Uh, They basically ask Erica about Kathy's outburst and Erica tells them it it is in hunky dory. And it's just so funny because in the preview for next week, they're like, who did this? How could this happen? What? (laughs) Like, we just saw you on camera adding fuel to the fire. You could have told the press or whatever that was. Um, yeah, you know, we just had a rowdy night. I don't know anything about it. That's it. But Erica, you made a choice to do it on camera to the press. I don't even know what that press was, to be honest. Um, but it could have been a Craigslist, uh, you know, hire. And they were just like, just stand there and ask us questions. Hold a phone. It could have been Erica's assistant. Who knows? It could have been a party planner. I don't know. But anyway, you just had a scene on on camera talking to press and you did not try to dispel rumors. You made it much worse. Um, Erica uh, is having this party. Everyone except for Kyle and Garcelle come. Garcelle is working. Kyle is working. Also, Kathy's not there. Everybody comes and then suddenly Diana gets a call from Elton John rock and roll icon. <laughs> and I'm not sure what the point of the call was. Like, what was that? What was that? What was the point of that call? What do we like? Is she doing something? Is she selling something? She's like, he's like, thanks for something about the Oscars. And she tells us the story about herself and flip-flops and a fur or something, meeting Elton John and his husband in London. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand. It was giving buck, buck, chicken, buck, buck. I had no idea. I had no idea what this was about. But it, it was funny because this scene, this like clip of Elton John calling Diana was very much part of the trailer. So they tried to make it look like Elton John was going to be like a bigger part of this. Like he called and he didn't dispel anything about Sutton or Rena or the table. Instead, it was just like he just called Diana for fun. I don't know. I don't know. It was so weird. Um, Honestly, could have been an impersonator. Like it it didn't even really look like. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. It just was so silly. He's like half of his face was glasses it could literally been anyone else um anyway at this party Dorit and Rena are talking and Dorit says that she has already spoken to Kathy and Kathy was super apologetic and she regrets her behavior and she also tells Rena like this isn't really even about me like this is about Kathy and Kyle and I really don't want to get in the middle of it and then Rena's like well I deserve an apology I'm like for what for what what are we apologizing to you for? Like the only thing I could imagine that Rena could be looking for is to say, is for Kathy to say, I'm really sorry I put you in the middle of mine and Kyle's stuff. Like that wasn't fair. But like besides that, I'm really not understanding what exactly it is that Rena is looking for from Kathy. 
an apology for what? Um, Brenna tells us that she was silenced, that there are texts, and and we see the texts. And I don't see anything in the texts that feel like she was silenced. She was, Kathy said, like, I would really appreciate it if you could just, like, keep what we talked about to us. Like, I don't, I just feel like silence is golden. It's going to get so messy. Like, it's just not worth it, right? But, like, Rena, you weren't silenced. Silenced sounds like you had, like, a mobster come to your home and be like, I will ruin your family if you don't shut the hell up. To be honest, what feels more like silencing is what Rena did to Kim a couple of years ago where she texted Kim and told her to shut up and stay out of it and stay away from her sister or be nice to her sister. That is more of a threat of being, because the, the idea that somebody was silenced sounds like there were threats involved. There was no threats involved. Like, <laughs> Rena is, she's like, She's just making shit up. It's so funny. Like, it's so ridiculous. It's so funny to watch her really try and fail. Um, but she also – so then also they're mad because I guess Kathy went on Instagram Live after all these rumors started circulating and she denied the whole thing. And at some point she said, I don't know what you're talking about. I was alone in the house. I was alone in the house at one point, right? That's what she says in this interview. And Rena's like, she wasn't alone. I was with her. And, like, didn't we see that, though? Like, didn't we see um, Kathy in Aspen multiple times being left at home? Like, there were so many times when when Kai was like, all right, I'm going to go and do whatever. Like, you can come whenever I'm going out. Or, like, even the day after when they're going to – they're going back to L.A. Like, they just leave Kathy in the basement by herself. We saw that by multiple people. They said it. So I don't know why they're mad because she was left alone in the house. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Anyway, they go back to the group. Rena and, um, and Dorit go back to the group. They start to discuss what happened at the Caribou Club. And apparently now there's a Michael Jackson component. Okay. Kathy requested a Michael Jackson song. The DJ said no, which really pissed Kathy off. And now this is where maybe she said a slur. There were some rumors that she said a slur to somebody. I don't know. Did she? Nobody is saying that she did. All the people that were there, there there's so much. Like, I think that if in this situation, if if Crystal is it's if Crystal is aware enough of the world, if she is a in touch millennial, okay, call her what you want. Um, but if she is a millennial who understands why Michael Jackson is problematic and we don't request his music and why if somebody requested a song and DJ would refuse to play it, if she, if Crystal understands that, I'm pretty sure if Kathy at the club had a meltdown and called the DJ a slur, that Crystal would have been like, uh, yeah, something really crazy happened. I don't believe – I'm sure she got mad. I'm sure she got all hopped up and irritated. But I don't believe that she was – I mean, I don't know. I believe – listen, in the words of Crystal, I I believe Crystal and I believe Kathy as a result of me believing Crystal. I do. Um, and then – like Sheree brings up or Sheree brings up that Kathy had been mad since the hat store and suddenly Detective Brenna is like, oh, she's jealous of the Kardashians. Okay. 
And then we get a whole slew of information from Rena about all the things that were said, which like all of it is believable. I fully believe that Kathy would be annoyed about sharing space with these women where she's sleeping in a bunk bed, okay? And she's going to places where she feels disrespected. And do I think that it's like absurd for this like woman to feel disrespected because somebody doesn't want to play a song that she was requested? Of course, I think it's fucking insane. I think it's like it's like classic tone deaf rich lady, okay? But I don't think that that's like the most unbelievable. Like I don't think it's a, a most unbelievable, egregious thing that could ever happen. Everything that Rina says are things that I believe that Kathy did say. I believe that she did call a stupid idiot. I believe that she did say that Crystal and Sutton, she did question and say, why are Crystal, Sutton, and Garcelle even here? I believe all those things. I believe that Kathy did get annoyed about being on the show and having to film and all that stuff. I believe those things, okay? But none of that is, to me the most insane thing I have ever heard. And none of that is stuff that like Rinna should be so traumatized over. So now suddenly the women talk about how they actually thought that Kathy was going to be there. They thought that she was going to come to this dumb hair event. And she told Crystal she was going to be there. She told everybody she was going to be there. And now she's not there. And Rinna is really making a casserole out of this, you guys. She is really, really, really like chewing the scenery of 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 like conspiracy theories. So, I wanted to take a pause here for a second cuz I don't know if you guys remember because Jesus Christ these women have been on TV for so long and we've been hearing this rumor shit for like months. But the text messages show that they were in Aspen at the end of January, like January 30th or something, right? And Crystal Kong Minkoff's birthday is February 4th. Now, I'm assuming that her birthday wasn't actually on, that her party wasn't actually on the day of her birthday, but probably we'll say a week, two weeks later, who knows, right? The Super Bowl that year, this year, was I believe the 13th or the 6th. Let's find out. Super Bowl 2022. The Super Bowl was on, Jesus, I don't want the, I don't want, it's February 13th. Okay. I was getting the score and I don't care about the score. Okay. So Crystal's birthday, let's assume, is the weekend of February 5th, right? And then the following weekend was the Super Bowl party. Now, the reason why I'm bringing up the Super Bowl party is because I don't know if you guys remember, but Kathy was at the Trump Super Bowl party. Is Kathy Hilton being friends with the is Kathy Hilton being friends with Trump's a surprise to me? Absolutely not. But it was funny because back then, suddenly, Rena started commenting on it, being like, oh, so this is where Kathy has been. Kathy, where have you been? Are you okay? We were looking for you. And this is the same shit she did to Denise last year or two years ago, right? So she's trying to put this narrative. At that point, she had put this narrative into the world that, like, not only did Kathy go on a tirade, but she's been missing from filming for weeks. And so when we talk about how do these rumors spread – like, it was never LVP, you guys. It was never LVP. I mean, do I think LVP put stuff in the press? Yes. But it was never LVP who spread those rumors about that stupid dog. No disrespect to the dog. But the stupid dog rumors, okay? 
It was Lisa Rinna, okay? It was always Lisa Rinna. Like, and if you have eyes and ears, you've known that it's Lisa Rinna. But Lisa Rinna at that point had put this narrative into the world that like Kathy had had a tirade and then she was missing from filming. And then, oh, oh yeah, that's where she's she's at. She's hobnobbing with pro- problematic people, right? Of these like racist, misogynist, homophobe Trump family. And I just want to bring up the dates because it seems like the only – scene Kathy missed filming was this hair scene because she was at Crystal's birthday the week before and Aspen happened two weeks prior to that. So what are you talking about that you like, what were you talking about in those comments? And I, it's important to know that because Rinna really, really is the reason why we have all these rumors because Rinna continues to do shit on social media that makes all of social media go, oh my God, oh my God. And then we all report on it like idiots. I mean, not idiots. Okay. Listen, it's funny. I mean, did I make a meme? Probably. Um, but this whole thing is just very much points to Brenna trying to make a thing out of something that wasn't really even a thing. But she's sitting there and she tells Erica and she tells the girls that she's really – she's praying for Kathy, you guys. She's praying for Kathy. And Erica's like, you're so evolved. And Sutton's face just – Sutton's face says it all. And Sutton tells us. I mean, I don't know. Does Rena pray? I. That's a great question. Does Lisa Rena pray? I'm not sure. Oh, it's so funny. Um. We get this scene now, finally, that the trailers have been showing for years. <laughs> How long has this show been on TV? Between Kyle and Kathy, and they do this dumb fucking sit down. And Kathy basically, like, this is a really good scene. I really liked it. It was very compelling television. It was very real. Kathy tells Kyle she's tired of being the butt of the joke. Um, because Kyle does do that. She does make fun of Kathy. And then Kyle says, well, you know what, Kathy, you joke at my expense too. And like, let's just talk about the dynamic here. Kathy is the wealthiest sister. She's the most famous sister. And now Kyle is more, is becoming famous too. And so Kyle is famous in the Bravo world in a way that Kathy is not, but Kathy's like just strolling through and saying one funny thing has really made Kathy like a fan favorite. So do I think that there's a a situation between the two sisters where Kyle feels like when Kathy comes around her friends, she gets to make fun of her older sister? Yeah, I think that that happens. And I think Kathy doesn't like that. And that's okay. And like, Kathy says over and over again, I'm just really sorry for embarrassing you, right? Like, I'm really sorry for embarrassing you and going on a rant and putting all your friends in that situation. Like, I really apologize. But like Kyle says at one point, like, I don't understand why I'm having to apologize to you about like, about like you feeling like the butt of the joke. I just want to take a pause there for a second because Kyle – I realize why Kyle did to Brandy what she did is because Kathy did did to Kyle what Kyle did to Brandy. I mean, much worse. Like Kyle hiding Brandy's crutches. I guess that was her version of Kathy hiding Kyle's purse. I mean, it's definitely not the same thing. But this is how you learn how to be an asshole. It's from your sister, okay? (laughs) That's where you learn. But – Between the two of them, you know, there is this like 
Kathy's sort of like a mom figure. And when Kathy says to Kyle, like, I'm proud of you, like, it's genuine feelings. Like, I think it's genuine. I think it's real. I think it's like when you fight with your sibling, I don't have a sister, but I have an older brother and I fight with him like we are sisters. Um, And I think that there are definitely things that often get said in fights with your siblings that you tell yourself that like are put away for a long time because you're like, we got to be bigger people. We have families, whatever. It's not that important. But when you fight with your siblings, you bring up all the ammo from before because you can. It's not great. It's not nice. But it is something that we do. And I think that like Kyle's saying like, I'm just going to put this to bed because I don't want everything to come up again is fine. But that's kind of just the dynamic of fighting with your sibling. But so we have this like great, genuine, very real like forgiveness scene. And we cut over to Sutton and Erica for some Popeyes and champagne. And it seems like a lovely meeting, but I do not trust Erica at all. Again, to me, this feels like Erica is doing some sort of cleanup of all of her shit from the season and last season because she wants everybody to like focus on the new big baddie who is Kathy. And it's not going to happen. I don't trust any of it. And I'm glad that Sutton doesn't really trust it either because Sutton's like, I'm going to be nice to you. I'm going to feed you Popeyes. But I wouldn't be surprised if Sutton has like china that's beautiful, but you can get to the bottom of the dish. It says like poison, you know, just to fuck with them. Because that's kind of Southerner, I feel like Sutton is. But you know what I mean? Like, I just don't, I don't trust it. I don't think Sutton does either. But I think she's happy to be like, if you're going to stop screaming at me, that's fine. I'm not going to cook for you. I'm going to order some Popeyes and I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give you fast food on my china. That's the best you're going to get out of me, you know? But it was like weird because they took this like little break from the Kyle and Kathy scene just to add in Erica and Sutton. It was just a bizarre like transition. But now we go back to Kyle's house and Rinna has shown up and Rinna is (laughs) – she's triggered by Kathy's shirt. Okay, come on, Rinna. Shut up. Kathy apologizes to Rinna and she's again pretty genuine and – Rinna is trying to psychoanalyze Kathy's rage. Miss Rage and Regret, in the words of Dorit, Miss Rage and Regret is trying to psychoanalyze Kathy. <laughs> and Kathy's like looking at her like, bitch, I fucking apologize to you. What the hell else do you want from me? Because Rinna looks like an absolute sociopath. She asks Kathy if she's trying to shut her up. And Kathy's like, no. But like, yeah, I, I said some very unkind things, but also, Rena, you've known to be unkind. And like, we've all been known to be unkind. We see, we say crazy things sometimes. We say things that we regret sometimes. Kathy starts crying. She says that she's going through some stuff and she doesn't usually behave this way. She's never behaved this way. And Rena uses this moment to bring up her favorite word, gaslight. And like, look, I get what Rena's doing. Rena basically wants to talk about every single thing that Kathy says. She wants a play-by-play of every single thing that Kathy said. And she wants her to apologize for every single thing because that's just that's just what Rena wants. She wants people to be able to – she wants to have her oof, you're so angry moment. You know, that's what she wants. But because that's not happening, okay, because she goes to like – Kathy just, you know, goes to 
say, I'm going through some shit. I apologize because she is just generally apologizing and not wanting to rehash every single thing that was said. Rina is now going to like, I was scared. I was scared. I had to lock myself in my room, Kathy. You blacked out. This is actually gaslighting. When you try to convince somebody that they had a psychotic break and that they don't remember what they did, that is actually gaslighting them. That is actually gaslighting Rinna. Uh, we've seen her do it over and over again. It's so disgusting. But it's interesting when she says, I had to lock myself in my room. They show Kyle's face and Kyle's like, wait, what? And that in that moment, I realized this is brand new information. Until this moment, we have never seen Rinna tell anybody else that she had to lock herself in her room, or at least not tell Kyle that she had to lock herself in her room. She, we've only heard her seen, we've only seen her say it in a confessional or like to Dorit or somebody else, but she's never told Kyle that she had to lock herself in her room. Because when she says it, Kyle's face is like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I don't know. Because, you know, that's one thing Garcelle always points out about Kyle, her face. But she doesn't know what she's talking about. She has no idea what this information is. And I think that is when it clicks in Kyle that Rena is playing a different game here. So Kathy says what we all think, which is, LOL, like, Rinna is scared of who? Like, how is Lisa Rinna scared of anyone? And then we roll that beautiful bean footage. It is Amsterdam damn time. It is everything that she did to Kim. It is all that good stuff. And Kyle basically at that moment realizes that Rinna is doing something else. And she says she doesn't want to be in the middle of it. Kathy apologizes. And Rinna doesn't want to drop it. Like, she doesn't want to drop it. She says Kathy has a black heart. And when Rena realizes that Rena, sorry, when Kyle Rena realizes that Rena is pushing it, she's like, you know what? Let's just let's drop it. This is this is getting weird. Let's getting weird. I'm like, Rena really wants to hash out whatever this is, but like, also she's so obsessed with like, what is this? You have to figure out why are you so mad? What's going on? What brings you to that level of rage? Da da da. You had no energy. You did not have this energy for like Erica. What about Erica's black heart? You don't want to psychoanalyze Erica? You don't want to see what's going on with Erica? Like you want Kyle, you want Kathy to hash out all of the things that are going on with her as a friend of with her sister? One, that's none of your business, but you have no interest in hashing out what's going on with Erica against all of her coworkers. Hmm. Okay, cool. Makes no sense. I'm excited next week to see what's going on because it seems like Kyle has had it. I think he, Kyle is finally starting to realize that Lisa Rena is not her friend, and I appreciate that. Um, Rena's taken an Instagram story saying some bullshit. I really don't give a fuck, you guys. I don't give a fuck. And also, I saw clips on Twitter because I don't actually go and watch the after show, but somebody posted a clip on Twitter on the after show with Sutton and Kyle being like, yeah, all this stuff about like her saying a homophobic slur to Sutton's assistant, all that stuff. Like that's not, that didn't happen. Nobody knows what that's about. So do I feel like these women are trying to cover something up? I don't think so because nothing that Rinna is saying makes any sense. So why would I believe her? Let me, let me re restate that. I believe Rinna when she says that Kathy said a bunch of crazy things in the car that she went off about all these people. 
I believe that Kathy said all those things, but I don't believe that it was as intense or as psychotic as Rena is trying to diagnose here. I don't think that there's any of that. It's like, oh, you're jealous of the Kardashians. You're jealous of your sister. You're jealous. No, no. She's not jealous of them. She's probably annoyed that she has to share time with them because of how rich and famous she is. That's really what it is. Oh, but it was great. Um, Let's take a break because I need to get some water. And then we will talk about Rehasos of Salt Lake City premiere. Okay, let's dive right into the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City premiere. Like I said, I was very hesitant with watching this, but good Lord, it is This damn show opened up like a true crime documentary, okay? Because that is what we are watching here. We get 2019, Jen Shaw boasting about making money, Meredith and Lisa's friendship, Whitney and Hetney. Hetney is their new name. Heather and Whitney's bond, and then the chaos of 2022. I mean, all of it is going to come falling to the ground. And the best thing out of this, like, coming up in 2022, the best thing I could see was Heather's eye patch. Heather's eye patch was giving me Mad Eye Moody, okay? And if you don't know who that is, you need to go back and read the Harry Potter books, okay? Um, this is basically an HBO mini series, okay? This is what this is, and I'm all in. Um, I was all in until I'm reminded, oh, wait, this is a show on Bravo, and we're going to get a whole bunch of filler footage. So we get, like, a scene of Whitney donging a bowl and pretending to be Zen, okay? But... As first set of scenes, I mean, they were off to the races, okay? We got Lisa going to lunch with Heather, holding her emotional support Diet Coke, which I love because I have emotional support beverages all the time. Hello. Um, And Jen is going to the spa with Meredith dressed like a total villain. I mean, she literally dresses like a cartoon villain, and it's so funny. Um, But, like, it was interesting to see these girls filming this scene because it reminded me of, like, the recap friend. Like, in early seasons of of like scripted reality TV, and what I mean by that is like The Hills, Laguna Beach, all those, right? There used to always be a friend who was like a recap friend. Um, like it would always be Whitney. Whitney was – Whitney on The Hills was Elsie's, Lauren Conrad's recap friend where she would be like, so how is your weekend? And then she would be like, oh my god, he won't believe it. And then it's like all of the producer questions were actually asked by – a recap friend because on the hills they didn't have confessionals but that's essentially what they're filming here they're filming everything that was discussed at the reunion and they're talking about they're talking on camera about how they're going to navigate the season and what their storyline is going to be and all of that because heather says something to lisa which is like what are the questions that are going to be asked <laughs> by who <laughs> who right the viewers like Real Houses of Salt Lake City is very interesting because they they want to be polished like a Beverly Hills, right? But they also fight like they it's it's like complicated. They fight like Potomac or Jersey or like any of the East Coast housewives, but they want to be polished like Beverly Hills because it's produced by the same people. I think it's like edited by the same people that, or I don't know, maybe it used to be be Beverly Hills. No, I think it used to be the New York people and then it's Beverly Hills. Regardless, 
I think it's interesting because it almost gives me, it really is a mix of both of those because these women are fighting with each other the way that they do in East Coast, except for in the East Coast, they also will laugh about it later. Whereas in Beverly Hills, they don't fight about it at all. They just are super passive aggressive. Salt Lake City is sort of a mix of both of them because they want to, and also in Beverly Hills, they hold a grudge forever. I feel like Salt Lake City is doing that. They are fighting like they do in Potomac, but they are holding grudges like they do in Beverly Hills. It's actually a little bit of what they do in Jersey, but I, I'm hesitant to say that this is this is making me happy. I like the fact that they are openly talking about how they're going to navigate the season. It's something about it just seems hilarious and refreshing to me. It's like they're they're also aware that they're filming a television show that they're like, yeah, this is how we're going to film the television show. Okay, like Heather is really acting like Lisa's publicist in this moment. Now, what do I think about like Meredith and Lisa's friendship falling apart? Of course, it fell apart. Lisa said. <laughs> insane things about Meredith. Why would you ever continue to be friends with somebody like that? Obviously she shouldn't. But all they're basically trying to do is Heather's trying to figure out with Lisa, how do we get you guys to film together, right? Now, do I trust the Lisa and Heather friendship? I only trust, I don't trust it. But Heather later on says, I'm officially team Lisa Barlow, which like, again, these girls are fully listening to the social media world, right? Like they're fully in tune of like how everything is going to be perceived online. And, and they're, they're not better at navigating that than Beverly Hills, but at least they're willing to talk about it instead of just brushing it under the rug, right? Like Beverly Hills really tries to put out their own storylines instead of talking about what's really going on. At least in Salt Lake City, they're actually talking about what's going on because they're they're just talking about what happens after the reunion. How do we get back to working with each other again, right? Um, so I don't necessarily trust that Heather is actually trying to be friends with Lisa, but I think Heather is aware that you cannot film a television show with one person on the outs. That's what Heather is doing. Um, Now, this friendship between Jen and Meredith, (laughs) it's wild, okay? Meredith is, here's what I think is actually happening. I think Meredith is aware that Jen Shaw is She is an enemy that she – Jen Shaw is the kind of person who will talk shit about somebody else, and she knows that because she did it about Meredith, right? But Jen Shaw being friends with Meredith helps Meredith in that she knows that she can use Jen to say things about Lisa. So she's smart in using Jen Shaw that way because even in that moment, Jen Shaw – she somehow coaxes Jen Shaw into saying that Lisa's having an affair, okay? She's Meredith is good at using these idiots for the thing that they're good at. And I think it's really smart and I think it's really interesting television. I mean, later on, she says it all herself, too. But it was like Jen is stupid enough to believe that Meredith would actually want to be her friend because everything that Lisa said in that rant, Jen Shaw has basically said on camera to various people. Didn't Jen also say that Meredith was sleeping around? Jen also talked poorly about Meredith's son. I mean, for somebody who cares about family and her family is the most important, Lisa did and said exactly what Jen did. So I don't believe that Meredith actually likes Jen. I think that Meredith is aware that she could use Jen and she can use Jen to get back at Lisa. But I think she's actually hurt by Lisa for good reason. Um, 
anyway, I, either way, I just – I love the dynamic. I think it's really good. Um, Whitney is at home with her daughter and Heather visits. And this is where Heather says she's officially Team Lisa. And now we get into what Whitney's storyline is going to be this season. She says that she's in a healing journey. Healing. Healing journey. And she wants to remove – anything to do with the church. So she said she wants to be removed from the church. And I have so many questions about being tracked by the Mormon church, what this means, what is this ledger? It all sounds so complicated. It sounds very complicated. There's a there's a database somewhere that you could that is keeping everybody's like, you know, like if you believe in an Abrahamic religion or maybe if you believe in religion at all, there is this concept right of like everything you go your good deeds and bad deeds get like recorded in your like permanent record with god and on the day of judgment you are judged based on your permanent record and what it sounds to me like is that the mormon church has a permanent record but it's actually a physical permanent record last week somebody hacked into seesaw which is an app that schools use to like communicate with families I'm trying to understand why are people hacking into Seesaw and not hacking into the Mormon church database? Because this sounds very interesting, okay? It sounds also like it's a way for the Mormon church to blackmail people, maybe? I don't know. It sounded very complicated. And if you're a Mormon, slide into my DMs and talk to me about it. But it sounds very complicated until Whitney's like, yeah, you just go on quitmormon.com. It sounds like a fake website. You go on quitmormon.com and you could just, it's as easy as filling out a change.org petition. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, of course, like Whitney does it very happily, but Heather uses this moment to obviously make it about herself. She's in full tears. I'm having a hard time being a Mormon. I'm a bad Mormon. I'm a bad Mormon, but I don't want to be erased from the record because that means that I could go to hell. I'm not sure what that means, but okay. Um, Jen Shaw is in her new rental home, and it's important to note new because you do know that none of the homes that she's shown on camera before were actually her home. They were always rentals. Uh, she talks about downsizing and cutting down costs, but at the same time, she's throwing a big fancy party at her friend Angie's house. At this point, I thought it was going to be Angie from last season. I was like, oh, I guess Angie is now like the season premiere party uh, girl. I don't know. But um. Anyway, Jen is talking about her trial, and she tells us that she's not going to take a plea deal if she's not guilty. <laughs> Hilarious. I just think, like, watching Jen and Coach talk, right, I think that Jen Shaw is really thinking that she is going to have a, least, uh, a Teresa Judice trajectory of her world in Bravo. Like, I feel like Jen is coming in – thinking that just like Teresa was able to like, you know, plead guilty, go to jail, serve her time, be away from her family, come back, rehabilitate, like be on Dancing with the Stars. I think that's what Jen Shaw thinks is going to happen. But there's a big difference between Teresa and Jen. Teresa was a dodo bird who didn't read the papers that her husband made her sign. Jen, you did this on your own. This is your business. So I, 
it's just, it's so funny to watch that level of delusion. And I hope that everybody who at least listens to this podcast is smart enough to know that Jen Shah is not a good person. Like we cannot give her the Teresa trajectory of life. Okay. We can't, we cannot. Okay. Meredith is at home with Seth and I realize that now she's used every scene she's had to come at Lisa Barlow. Okay. She's writing and raving about Lisa's businesses and going on and on. And then she even insinuates that Lisa Barlow's a prostitute. (laughs) What? Oh, God. It's a lot. It's a lot, you guys. It's a fucking lot. I was watching a train wreck. I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe she said that. And she says, like, it's very sad that Lisa would want to throw away a 10-year friendship over skeletons in her own closet. And I'm asking Meredith, are you not doing the same thing? You're doing the same thing. I honestly don't care because you know what? They're not my friend. She's not my friend. Lisa's not my friend. I don't know them in real life. And I love watching this mess. It's very funny. (laughs) We go to Code Shaw's 51st Harlem Nights themed birthday party. And I appreciate this being called a Harlem Nights party. And I appreciate that Coach Shaw was like, there's no black people here for us to throw this party. Because basically, guys, it's a flapper party, okay? It's a Roaring Twenties party. That's what this is. Um, But it's called a Harlem Nights party. It does look beautiful. It looks like a great time, a great hang. But now I realize suddenly this is not the Angie from last season. This is a new Angie. Her name is Angie K. And I want to know, Angie K at this point is not mic'd up. Okay, she's not mic'd up. And I want to ask, when this whole Jenny shit went down, okay, they're having this party two months after the reunion was filmed. Within those two months is when we found out that Genuine was a racist. And they said that they were all going to bring this up on camera and they were going to talk about the Jenny stuff. But nobody's talking about Jenny. We're just going to act like Jenny didn't exist? We better bring up Jenny. Where the fuck is Jenny? Okay. What's going on? Um, but I want to bring up that Angie K is not mic'd up because Angie K is the same woman who I think later, oh no, maybe this is a different person. Never mind. Angie K is not mic'd up. So I feel like at some point something happens with Angie where we're suddenly interested in her being around these girls. Um, I wonder if they decided after this to bring Angie because they have a Jenny scene. I don't know. I don't know, but it's all very strange. Um, and I'm annoyed that they haven't brought up the Jenny stuff because I do think they need to address that. Um, the parties looks fun. Heather is lusting after black men as usual. It's so gross. Like, give it a rest. Relax. One of them is a Celtics basketball player named Glenn Davis. I can't wait to ask my brother about it on the Patreon this week because he knows sports and I don't. And we talk about them on the Patreon. (laughs) Shameful, shame, not shameless. Yeah. Shameless. Yes. Shameless. Uh, self-promotion. Go to the Patreon. Um, Jen gives a speech during the cake cutting, which is very ominous. And I'm just like, <laughs> why are this so weird, guys? Like, it's just so weird. Imagine, ima- imagine being there. It's so wild. It's so wild. Um, Anyway, Meredith and Heather are talking, and Heather tells Meredith that she did meet with Lisa and that she she thinks that Meredith should consider trying to patch things up. Um, Seth and John Barlow say hello to each other. It's very awkward. They do the old, 
ladies be fighting, you know? It's super annoying. And then Lisa tells Heather and Whitney separately, she doesn't she does want to talk to Meredith, but she doesn't want to deal with it at the party. She doesn't think that this is the right place. They say Jen is having a great night. Let's keep this good energy going for our friend Jen Shaw. And then Whitney says, Oh my God, what if we take a trip to Scottsdale, Arizona? I'll plan everything. So fake. <laughs> Whitney, take a page out of Heather's book. Okay, just say it. Just say, hey guys. It's time for a cast trip. Let's go to Scottsdale, Arizona. <laughs> like that's all you really need to say. Um, Lisa comes over and she does finally say hello to Meredith. Like Meredith is hanging out at the party. Lisa comes over. She says hi to Meredith. And she says to Meredith, at some point I do want to talk, but not right now. But I would, if you're open to it, I would love to talk. And Meredith tells us in the confessionals that this is the first time she's working on this. She's she. This is the first time Lisa has said anything to Meredith, and it's because they're on camera. So I guess it's been two months, like we said, since the reunion, and she hasn't done anything to fix this, fix all this. Okay. So what I think maybe did happen is that after the reunion, Jen, uh, sorry, Lisa thought it's fine. I have Jenny on my side. Jenny's my friend. She's the one who will film with me. And then Jenny's racist, so she don't got Jenny anymore. And now she's like, oh, shit, I got to work on fixing this. Do I think that Lisa's doing a lot of it for camera? Yes. Do I think that she could have worked on it off camera? Sure. But I think, like, Lisa Barlow is an operator in the most obvious sense, and she's not good at hiding it. And something about that to me feels hilarious and endearing. And I don't know understand. I don't know I don't know how to explain it to you guys, okay? Meredith is just annoyed. She's like, "Why are you doing this on camera? Why didn't you come and tell me before?" etc. Cetera, et cetera. So she hugs Lisa hugs Meredith and she turns around Seth is there. And she's hugs Seth and she says, "Hey, am I allowed to hug you? I don't even know if I'm allowed to." And she's very emotional. She says she's regretful. She's in full tears. And Meredith is like talking to Jen and she's like, "Why is this happening here?" Why are you attacking my husband and talking to him about what's going on? I think that Lisa going on and on and on about everything unloading to Seth is like wildly inappropriate. But I do want to point something out. Seth is the one that started the conversation, guys. Seth is the one that started the conversation. She didn't want to start the conversation. She goes up to Seth. She says, hey, can I hug you? And And Seth is like, yeah, of course it's fine. And that could have been it. But Seth is like, you know, it's just really bad. Meredith is really hurt. Like, he's the one that started the conversation. And surely Lisa could have said, I know, Seth, I'm going to work on it. I'm going to work on it. I'm really sorry. I'm going to work on it. But she does decide to unload on Seth, which isn't appropriate. But Seth started it. Okay. I think it's important to note that because Meredith really thinks that he, she just like went and started saying shit to Seth. No, Seth goaded her into the having that conversation. Um, now, Lisa does tell Seth in that whole thing that she was in a blind rage. It does, you know, she she didn't mean it. She doesn't believe any of those things. She just was saying shit. She didn't realize what she was saying, blah, blah, blah. And I love that she's like, does that make sense? And Seth is like, no, I mean, none of it really makes any sense. It's just so funny. Uh 
Again, Lisa unloading on Seth is wildly inappropriate, but it is great television because inappropriate trauma dumping and excusing your own bad behavior is so delusional, but it makes excellent television. Like I want to remind everyone that at the reunion last year, and I know this, this is fresh in my mind because I feel like they were just doing the reunion like in March or April is I think when we had the reunion uh, air. Um, but all of this is silly because when Meredith and when the cameras went down for break during reunion, Lisa went up to Meredith and was like, yeah, I know I said a lot of really terrible things, but you had just said that my house was shitty. (laughs) You had just said my house was shitty. (laughs) So like, yeah, Seth is right when he goes back to report to Meredith that she doesn't own any of it. She's not necessarily like owning her behavior. She's not realizing that what she did was wrong. I agree with Seth. That is totally true. But I mean, like, it's hilarious television. It is. It's funny. Um, Again, notes for Salt Lake City. Please address the Jenny stuff. What the fuck is up with that? Let's let's address it. But I'm excited for these these uh, very thirsty women to be back on my camera. I'm excited to see how Meredith Marks destroys everybody's life. Looks like she got the right combination of her medication because she is she is floating, but she is still attacking and floating. You know what I mean? Um, that's it for this episode. I cannot believe I talked to you guys alone for an hour. My mouth is dry. I'm going to need to rehydrate again. I'm sorry if I just swallowed and it like created a bunch of weird mouth noises in your ear. I apologize. But I will be back next week. And next week's episode is going to be fun because I'm going to have Kendrick from Reality and Comics 2 podcast on to talk about Married to Medicine. And we're going to have a little surprise for some other stuff that we talk about. So I will catch you there. Have a great weekend. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. I'll talk to you next time. Bye.